Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. In this week's Shi'ur on Parshas Tetzaveh, I would like to discuss what seems to be an extremely small point, the addition or subtraction of a single letter to a word that is only used a handful of times in the Torah. The word is sharsharis, which Rashi interprets to mean chains, similar to the Mishnaic and the modern Hebrew word shalshelis. In one place, however, a single letter resh is removed from the word and it becomes sharshais. This seemingly insignificant variance has a fascinating reason behind it, and in addition, can help explain to us several subtle differences between Parshia's Truma Tetzaveh, in which Hashem commands Moshe to build the Mishkan, and the Parshia's Vayakel Pekudeh, in which the Torah narrates to us the actual construction. Let us begin with the Psukim, near the beginning of Parshas Tetzaveh, which described to us the aphoid. The aphoid, according to Rashi, was an apron-like garment. The main part covered the Kohen's back from his elbow down towards his feet. It also had a, near its top, it had a belt, which came around and he would tie it uh, across his waist. And it had two ksefais, it had two uh, shoulder straps, which extended from the belt up the kayin's back and then folded over so that they were uh, hanging over slightly over each shoulder. And then the, the Torah says that there were also two avne shoyham, there were two precious stones that were placed into settings on each of the shoulder straps right near the the Koyen's, the front part of the Koyen's shoulder. And these these precious stones had the names of the twelve Bnei Yaakov uh, inscribed on them. And then we come to Tupsukim. Perak Chavches, Pasik Yud Gimel, Pasik Yud Dalet. It says, V'yasisa Mishpetzais Zahov, you will make settings of gold, meaning you will make a golden setting on each shoulder strap in which to place these two precious stones. And then it says, Ushtei Sharsharais Zahov Tahor, and two chains of pure gold, Migbalois, you will make them on the borders, on the edges, on the outer edges of the aphoid. a voice, a work of twisted strings, Rashi explains. And you will place these chains of twisted strings on these golden settings. Rashi here says that Sharsharais Zahov, 
means shal shaloyas. It means chains. The resh and the lamed are formed by placing the tongue close to the front of the mouth. There's a very small distance between the place that one would touch with the tongue to make a resh and the place that one would touch with the tongue to make a lamed. And therefore the resh and the lamed can switch in certain words. So Rashi says, Shar Sahov means Shal Shaloyas. It's just like the word Shal Sheles, which means a chain. We will come back to some more Rashi on this Pasuk. Now, what was the... Why did these... Uh, what was the point of these um, twisted chains that extended from the that, that extended down from the shoulder straps of the aphoid, that will become clear from the next section in Chumash. The next parsha in Chumash talks about the Choshen Mishpat. The Choshen was a a ornament, it was a square piece of cloth that sat on the Koyan Gadol's chest. And uh, it had also, it had settings for precious stones. It had 12 settings, so that each shavit had a stone that represented it. And we're continuing now to Perak, Chav Ches, Pasek, Chav Beis. V'yasisa al gavlus avois. You will make upon the chayshen, sharshois, not sharsharois, but here the word is written without a second letter resh. Sharshois gavlus, mase avois, will translate for the moment the same. Chains that are on the top edges, to the right and the left of the choshen, mase avois. These are a work of twisted threads. So hov tahor, they are made of pure gold. V'yasisa al choshen Okay, we'll we'll stop there. Now, on this word sharshois, Rashi here explains l'shoin shorshei ilon. This is an expression like the word shorshei ilon, like the roots of a tree. In other words, Rashi is explaining that the word sharshois is not the same word as sharshirois, although it refers to the same object. It refers to the same golden chains that extended from the corners, from the shoulder straps of the aphoid, and extended down, and then were attached to the top two corners of the chayshen. But it is not the same word. Here the word sharshois means it's similar to the word roots of a tree. Hama'achazin le'ilan, the roots which hold on to the tree, le'heyachez u'lihitakeya ba'aretz. In order that the tree should be able to be held and be be uh, inserted into the ground. Af'elu, so these also, yiu ma'achazin l'choshen. These uh, golden chains also, what did they do? They held l'choshen. Remember, l'choshen is simply a square piece of fabric that is sitting on the koyan's chest. How does it stay there? The answer is, it is held there by these two th- strings which extend from the shoulder straps of the aphoid. Shebehem ye be that with these uh, sharshois, 
with these roots, so to speak, the the choshen will be hanging from the ephod. And says Rashi, Vehein shtei sharsharei samuris lamala. These are exactly the same thing as the two sharsharois, which are mentioned above, be'inyin ha-mishpatsais, in the Pasuk that was talking about the mishpatsais, about the jewelry settings on the two shoulder straps of the ephod. Rashi quotes an opinion that really sharsharois and sharsharois are really the same word, the, the resh falls in, the resh falls out, but Rashi insists that it is not the same word. The word sharsheres is like the Hebrew word, is like the word shalsheles. It means a chain. The word sharshois means roots. So we have one object, these, this, uh, these chains that helped to hold up the choshen, in most places, as we will see, they are called sharsharais, they are called chains, but in one place, in this place right here, in Pasik, Chav Beis, they are called sharsharais, which according to Rashi has a different meaning, although it refers to the same item. The word sharsharais means the roots of a tree. The obvious question is, why would the Torah refer to the same object in one place, or in most places actually, with the name Sharsharais, but in one specific place, it calls it Sharsharais, and which, according to Rashi, these are different words with different roots and different meanings. The key to the answer to this question can be found in a comment that Rashi makes on the first Pasuk that we focused on. Going back to Perak Chavches, Pasuk Yud Dalit, the Torah says, Two chains of pure gold, on the ends of the shoulder straps of the ephod, you shall make them, a, a work of twisted threads, and you will place the sharsharois, you will place these twisted chains onto the jewelry settings, which are on the ends of each of the shoulder straps. Now here Rashi says, Says Rashi, Shel avoisais, you will put these chains of these twisted strings, Ha'asuyais masa avois, which are made by a work of twisting, Al ha'mishpatsais halolo, on these mishpatsais. And now says Rashi, this is not the place where the Torah commands about the making of these chains. This is not really where the Torah is telling us to make them. And it is not the place where the Torah commands us about where to place them and affix them. The word ta'ase, you shall make which is stated here, is not an expression of commandment. And the word venasata, you will place, also, is not an expression of commandment. It's not telling me that you must make this and you must put it in such and such a place. Rather, it is an expression of future tense. It's saying you will eventually make these chains, and you will eventually place them in a certain spot. 
says Rashi ki beparsha sachoshen, because in the parsha of the choshen, which is the second parsha that we read, choizer umitzave alasiyason vialkviyason. There the Torah goes back and repeats and tells us and commands us about making these things and about setting them and placing them in their proper place. It was only written over here, only to inform us of part of the need for the mishpatzais, for the jewelry settings, that the Torah had already commanded us to make with the ephod. As part of the description of the ephod, the Torah said that you will make jewelry settings, a jewelry setting on each of the um, each of the shoulder straps. And so here, in these two psukim, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Pasuk Yud Dalit, the Torah is telling us in, in very summarized fashion what is the purpose of those, why would you have to have Jewelry settings. Rashi continues, The Torah wrote to you this about the Sharsharais in order to tell you, These settings, they will be necessary for you. When you will make the chains on the two top edges of the Choshen, of the Choshen, so then, you will place the other end of those chains onto these settings that are on the ends of the shoulder straps of the aphid. Now, it comes out, according to Rashi, that the, the real purpose, if we put all of these Rashis together, it comes out that the real purpose of these chains, of these twisted threads, was to hold the choshen in place. They do not really serve the aphoid in any way. They are simply placed upon the aphoid in order that they can thereby serve the choshen. And therefore, we can say as follows. When we are still in the parsha of the aphoid, like in Pasuk Yud Gimel and Yud Dalit, there the Torah uses the word sharsharais. The Torah describes them according to their appearance and according to their construction, that they are chains, because that's what they look like and that's what they are. They are formed like chains. The Torah is not interested really in their function at that point, because as far as function is concerned, they do not serve any function for the sake of the ephod itself. But when the Torah begins to talk about the Choshen, and the Torah tells us to place these twisted strings, one on each side of the top of the Choshen. There, the Torah talks about the Tafkid and the Tachlis. The Torah talks about the actual function and purpose of these two strings. And the purpose is to hold the Choshen in place. So there the Torah refers to them with a different word. It calls them Sharshais. It calls them Roots. Because here we're talking about the Choshen, and the purpose of these chains was to hold, was to do something for the Choshen. It was to hold the Choshen in place so it shouldn't fall down. So here the Torah uses the word Sharshois, roots. It is well known 
that the parshias of Truma and Tetzava form one unit. They contain the commandments of building the Mishkan and of and of uh, fashioning the big day kahuna, the priestly garments. They consist of the commandment about these matters, and then parshas, the parshias Vayakel Pekude form a second unit regarding the Mishkan and the Big Day Kahuna. In Parshias Vayakal Pekude, the Torah narrates to us the construction. It says, they made, he made, he built, he constructed, he, he made this and this uh, item in the Mishkan, he made this and this uh, uh, garment of the Big Day Kahuna. So that they are parallel Parshias. Truma Titzavah tells us the commandment, and Vayako Pekude is the narrative of how the commandment commandments were actually carried out. Now it's interesting to note that if we look at the Psukim about the Choshen in Parshas Pekude, the word Sharshoist, which we are focusing on here, is not used at all. In one place, these uh, golden chains that held up the Choshen are called sharsherois, like the word ch- chains, as Rashi interprets. In another place, they are referred to as shteha avesais hazahov. They're referred to as the two uh, twisted uh, strings of gold. Why does the Torah not use the word sharsherois at all in Parshas Pekudei? So I believe the reason is as follows. Because in Parshas Titzaveh, and in Parshas Truma also, which is the commandment about making the various parts of the Mishkan and the commandment about making the Big Day Kahuna, there the style of the Torah is to at least hint at the function and purpose of many of the items. That's part of the Tzivoy. That's part of the commandment. Make such and such an item, which is for such and such a purpose. However, in Parshas Vayakel Pekude, we don't find that. We find, I don't think we ever find, or certainly very little, do we find in Vayakel Pekude that the Torah even adds a word to say what is the purpose of any of the items. There the Torah is simply telling a narrative. It is saying that Betzalel, the chief architect, and those who helped him, they made this item, they made that item, they made it out of this and this material. It had such and such dimensions. But there, it is not the style of the Torah to mention what's the purpose. That has already been perhaps hinted at in Parshas Truma and it's not relevant to the narrative of the actual construction. And therefore, we can say that this word, Sharshais, which means, according to Rashi, roots, which hints, which expresses the function of these golden chains. The function was to hold up the chayshin, the way that roots hold up a tree. That word is only used here in Parshas Tetzaveh, because here we're talking about the commandment, and when Hashem gives a commandment, it makes sense, it's understandable, and we find it to be so, that He often hints at the function of the item that He is commanding to be constructed. But in Parshas Pekudei, where the Torah is giving the narrative, there the Torah sticks to the word Sharsharais, which does not indicate the item's function. It merely 
indicates what it looks like, that it looks like a chain. This fundamental point that Parshas Trumatitzave contains the commandment and often therefore contains some expression of the function of the various elements of the Mishkan and the Big Day Kahuna, this fundamental point can explain many of the slight changes in the wording between Parshias Trumatitzave and the wording that is used in Parshias Vayakal Pekudai. First, let us take a look at the Choshen. The This Choshen, this ornament that sat upon the chest of the Kayan Godel. Here in Parshas Titzave, Perik Chavches, Pasek Tesvav, and later on in Pasek Lamed, it is referred to as Choshen Hamishpot. The Choshen of justice or of judgment. Rashi says two explanations, either because the Choshen HaMishpat was used to come to make certain judgments because the letters on the stones could light up and answer certain uh, very um, pressing questions that Klal Yisrael had, such as whether to go to war or not. Or Rashi says, because the Choshen HaMishpat was a kapora for Ivus Adin. It could bring atonement for uh, some miscarriages of justice that may have taken place. In either case, the words, the phrase Chayshin HaMishpat indicates the function of this ornament. In Parshas Pekude, we don't find that it's ever called Chayshin HaMishpat. We find only that it's called HaChayshin. And we can explain that as before that in Parshas Trumatitzave, which is the commandment, there the Torah at least hints at the function of the item, whereas in Parshas Vayakal Pekude, the Torah is only interested in the item's appearance and size and, and the materials from which it is made. Secondly, we find regarding the Migba'os, regarding the hats that were worn by the Kehanim. Here in Parshas Titzave, Perek Chavches, Pasuk Mem, the Torah says, Umigba'ois ta'aselohem, and hats you shall make for them, for the Kahanim, l'chavoid u'lesifaris, for honor and for glory. Now in Parshas Pekudei, we never find such a description that the Migba'ois are l'chavoid u'lesifaris. What we do find is the following in Perek Lamed Tes, Pasuk Chavzayin, it discusses the espare hamigboyis sheish. It says you shall make the pare hamigboyis, the glory of the migboyis, you shall make out of linen. Now Rashi explains there, he says, tiferis hamigboyis, the glory of the migboyis, hamigboyis hamafurois, the glorious, the beautiful migboyis. So it comes out according to Rashi that the word pare, is not describing the function of the hats. It's a, it is again describing their appearance. It is only in Parshas Titzave, by the commandment that the Torah uh, expresses quite clearly the function of the hats. The function of the hats is the chavoid or the tiferis, for honor and for glory. In Parshas Pekudei, 
although it uses a word which is related to Tiferes, but here it means the beautiful Migboyas. It's only describing what they look like, but not their function. And finally, we find a difference regarding the Michnesayim, regarding the pants that were worn by the Kohanim. Here in Parshas Titzava, Perak Chavches, Pasuk Membeis, the Pasuk says, Vaseilahem Michnesayvad, you will make for them, for the Kohanim, pants made of linen, lechasais besar ervo, in order to cover the flesh of nakedness. So it clearly indicates what is the function and purpose of the pants. It is to cover their flesh. However, in Parshas Pekudei, the Torah does not mention at all the function of the pants. It simply says, You will make the linen pants out of a uh, sort of a twisted and uh, interwo- uh, uh, out of a certain sort of, of uh, linen. And the reason for all of these slight changes in style is again because when the Torah commands us to do something, it will indicate at least, at least in a hint, at least in a word, what is the basic purpose and function of it. Whereas when the Torah is telling a narrative, the narrative of how they built the Mishkan, there the Torah leaves that information out. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.